I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wilford sets off upfield. He wants a speech to run onto it. It might be the quickest. Oh, he kicks. He kicks ahead. And now Corey Oates will come. Oh, Oates with the one-handed pickup. How about that? Asako in behind them. He's confused. He didn't know whether to kick or whether to run. He takes the ladder option. Jermaine Asako will score. Hello Broncos fans and welcome to this week's episode of Broncos Weekly. As always, I'm Mitch and I'm not joined down the line by our good friend Simo. We had intended to record an episode this week, but Simo had called in uh, called in sick to the podcast, but with, with all the news that happened today and, and overnight, I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll record a, a solo podcast for the fellas and the fellettes <laughs> and the ladies that listen to this podcast get some things off my chest, some my own personal therapy, and hopefully some of your own personal Broncos therapy. So I'll start with the, the thing people would be listening to this for, knowing my years of, of championing him, but it came out overnight that Tevita Pangai Jr. has been told he's free to negotiate with other clubs, and uh, came out weirdly during the game right after kickoff, obviously he's been told before then. I've heard he's been told maybe last week, before last week's game, which might explain his performance in that game too. But I'm actually... I'm not as broken up about it as I, as I thought I would be. I'm just going to start with his, his achievements at Brisbane. Shockingly, hasn't cracked the uh, 100 barrier, game barrier mark, I don't believe, for us. Which is... Um, I think he's on... Just confirming, I think it's 97 games he's got for us now, which is, you know, as a guy who's been around since 2016, isn't exactly a lot of football matches. But, uh, yeah, he's played that many games. and But in his time there, he leads the NRL in offloads with 211. Uh, next place is Milford, actually. So the top two in offload since he joined the Broncos are him and Milford. Milford, a lot more games played. Uh, leads the NRL in that period in distance gains from offloads, too. He leads all Broncos forwards in line breaks since 2016. And he's second in line break assists, only if you count Andrew McCulloch as a forward in that period. Uh, he leads all forwards for Brisbane with 230 tackle breaks since his Broncos debut. And in that period is also only second in the NRL, behind Billy Kickow with 288. Haas is third for what it's worth, with far less games. That's third 
throughout the whole NRL and second at Brisbane. Uh, he also, in his period tenure at Brisbane, he's equal first in tries scored by forwards with Matt Gillett with 14 each and also only behind Andrew McCulloch on try assists if you count him. Otherwise, he's also got the most assists for forwards in that period. The only, you know, in air quotes, forward that could top him is uh, Alex Glenn with 15 tries, but that sits for those couple of games at centre as well, so I don't count that. So do want to start off with saying that uh, Pangai, everyone knows, a big fan of his potential Enjoyed the time here. I'm all just grateful we got a few more months after what happened last year. So it's been obvious since the COVID issue and when his contract, you know, he got his breach calls notice and not going to tear it up. It's been obvious since then that he was looking for a way out of the club and at that certain time, it was reported he'd called Nick Politis for a gig, which is a bit ridiculous. But I think it's just a bit of a, a tragedy that, you know, this guy, I know he's inconsistent and, and all that, but a guy who's got that much talent as he has, we just haven't found a way to get it out of him on a week-to-week basis. And maybe with a with a better head, uh, head coach, he would have found that. But, you know, we, we had we went Wayne, who's doing all right and still developing, then we had Seabold and now Kevy. You know, we're not going to get that out of him, so it's probably the right move. And maybe he goes elsewhere and shines. Probably not at the Tigers. But back to the point, he was... Obviously looking for a way out of Brisbane last year. And I think he soon found that his market value had greatly deteriorated and ended up asking for his gig back at Brisbane. I don't think there was anyone lining up to sign him. I think that's also classic NRL club mismanagement. Like the same thing when a team could have got Nico Hines for probably 150k last year. We have to wait again until they keep proving it until someone gives him 600k. You know, someone could have probably nabbed Pangai for pretty cheap last year. And now the word is he's heading to the Tigers, and and what I've heard, which may or may not be true, this one I don't think is from a verified source, but he's got a, a pay upgrade from the Tigers. So it does make you start thinking, gee, did he have that meeting he claimed he didn't have? And if they're getting an upgrade, you know, maybe he's come to Brisbane. And the report was from, from Brett Reid was that they had gone to Brisbane to secure their future. And no matter what you think of Pangai as the player with the ceiling he has. He has no right, in my opinion anyway, to ask Brisbane to secure his future. You know, with the the selfish way he played last year on the field, all the suspensions, the way he conducted himself, then how he was over the off-season, you can't come back and only have five or six good games and then demand the extension. And he did have those good games. We know he dominated some of the best, play, best back rowers in the game and also ruined Sam Walker's life for a night, all that kind of stuff. But you can't then demand an extension or ask for an extension. You have no leg to stand on. You're, you're in big money already at Brisbane. You're signed up to the end of next year. I just yeah, I can't stomach the idea of extending him. Even as his biggest fan, I, I wouldn't understand, I couldn't see why the club would extend him. So it seems the alternative is you know extend me or let me go. And they've gone with the well, you can go approach. And uh, it's whilst it's a, it, if I thought it'd be a tougher pill to swallow than what it is, but it feels like I've, I've coped. I went through my initial shock with the news last year that he was leaving, and then we end up in a situation that what we are now. I think that the main thing that's that it's hard to get your head around is that they let him go in a couple of weeks. If it seems now that suspension he got anyway, they may as well let him go. But you know we need to win games this year too. Still, we need to avoid that spoon. And it feels like letting all these guys go this year doesn't feel like there's much of a plan there. You know, and it does feel tough that 
it's there's only so many talented players you can keep let let walk out of your club. You can keep letting him go. It's like we've looked at clubs like say the Tigers or the Warriors in the past who have these guys who leave and go into success at other football clubs. And it's just so many you can't keep letting every talented player go at Brisbane. And you have to figure a way to get it out of them. And some players, as we mentioned on this podcast before, are weekend warriors. And some players are going to cause you headaches. And, you know, do you think the Melbourne Storm give a single shit about Brandon Smith's, like, pretty much public benders, <laughs> you know? Or give a shit that guys like Cam Munster don't really tend to take, you know, they rehab or similar that serious and we've seen on the piss doing things or all that kind of stuff. They don't care because those guys turn up when it matters and... Whilst we're not saying Pangai is on their level, you just like to think we could have figured something out between there that, you know, we can have him somewhat on the leash off the field but still cope, deal with who he is, get the performances out of him when he does shut up like that. And who knows? And there's no doubt he's had an inconsistent existence at Brisbane. The highs are high and the lows are low. But the highs are so high that's why it's tough to see him leave. <sighs> but, yeah. I don't know where else I'm going with that, but it's just tough letting him go with with how good we know he can be. But also, he's had a long enough time to, to show who he can be and maybe he has a chance to go elsewhere. But I've no idea how someone's offering him more money in more years that all of a sudden got very confident that he'll that he'll stay in line. But Excuse me while I drink my from my beverage going solo. I have to keep talking. But yeah, it's, it's weird. And it's also, I mean... I don't know I've become this dude but saying it's my birthday but just funny it's my birthday so today so it's a bit funny that this news happened on my birthday and I thought they were ruining it but the, the other tough thing was that it just it feels weird that we look to be letting all these players go and you look at our contracts for next year and I know NL.com isn't fully accurate because it hasn't got all the guys that'll be getting upgrades from development deals and similar but we only have 13 guys I'll go uh, 13 guys on our on contract for next season. You know, that's not many footballers on contract for next season. So go down that list. Ethan Bullimore, Paddy Carrigan, Selwyn Cobbo, Still Brody Croft, Herbie Farnworth, Thomas Flegler, Payne Haas, uh, Reese Kennedy, David Mead, Corey Pakes, Pia Kura, then Reynolds, Ricky, Rabadi, Staggs. Sorry, not just 13 left. It's 13 left once you subtract the guys apparently being allowed to go, which is uh, Pangai, Corey Oates, Asako, and Lodge. That's that's not a lot of players left, and you've got to think we're coming off those contracts for Anthony Milford. We won't be paying guys like Jack Bird and Joe Offengawe anymore. We'll probably shed all those, you know, lots of those, not all of them, but lots of those deals of playing guys to to play elsewhere are going to look, get the 600k or so back from Pangai's deal don't know what they'd get back from Lodges still I think they're hoping for just half still probably pay some of Oates's and who knows with the Sarko's like all that they've probably got more than half their salary cap sitting there and you sit there thinking what the fuck are they going to do with this money you know it's all well and good to let players go but you have every right to sign players before you let them go you know you haven't got to have your cap in order for next season until next February. But I guess that's where the good news of the day comes out and the actual birthday present the Brisbane Broncos gave me. And now maybe this explains why they were waiting, but it looks like uh, Peter Nolan has finally got the bullet and uh, himself and Andrew Kroll, who's had a performance, who I feel sorry for in this, but 
looks like they've been told they're going to depart the club. I don't know if they're gone today or the end of season or similar, but they're but they're gone. Kroll and, and Peter Nolan, and finally we keep seeing us punt players out of the roster that we that was poorly constructed. About time you punted one of the constructors of that roster. So overdue, and maybe we can finally see some change now. But I think my my other worry is getting rid of him is great, but I don't know who's doing the recruitment from there because it's not just the head coach's job. The head coach obviously has a big say in it, but the recruitment manager has to go find players. That, you know, the coach head coach's main job is coaching first grade. They haven't got time to scout all the time, so. I don't know who's going to fill in that, that role. And with the rumours of like Jordan Pereira apparently already signed, that one starts, starts to worry you. you know. And maybe Jaden Sewer is begging to come back. Maybe we're doing that. See, that's what I don't love. You know, If, we, we're, clear, if we're shedding all this cap, you'd like to see us go out there and go after the big names first. You know, the guys we know, they're not off contract, but whatever. Brandon Smith, who could be available, you know. Dalfour Nukin is off contract. Maybe he comes to your forward, can be a forward leader. Maybe, you know, what, what's Cam Munster up to? You know, what's Harry Grant doing? Go try and get some big names like that. You know, it might, it might have talked to Caelan Ponger in November when they can. You'd like to sit and do that instead of filling up roster with, like, Jaden Sua, who is, like, just, a worse version of Pangai in the sense of his floor is lower, his ceiling is lower, he's also inconsistent. He also has defensive lapses. I don't want him back. And then Pereira, it's like, why would you bother filling up your cap with a guy like him when he's not really an improvement on David Mead as a backup winger, for example. Not an improvement on Cobo as a starting winger. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't don't know how you do that with Pereira. So that that does concern me as well. But regardless, it's about time, you know, no matter if Nolan was apparently good at his job or not, but it's about time the guy who was in, one of the guys in charge of this copped it. I feel sorry for Andrew Kroll because he only got into the head of performance job this season. So he hasn't got years of stink on him and, you know, his, his job is getting players fit and similar. And I just, <laughs> I know people say the Broncos have a fitness issue in some of these games, they have a possession and rotations issue, issue, you know? Like, every team with these current rules will get gas if they can't hold the ball and if they don't rotate their forward pack. And if you go through some of our games, even even last night, Kevy got free interchanges in that game, obviously with the HIAs, but he hadn't used an, a regular interchange like the 50th minute after they after Harme Sele danced through the middle and scored. You know, blame Andrew Crowell you want. That's not his fault those guys weren't fit. So I think that one's a bit unlucky. It feels more protectionist kind of thing, like Kevy deflecting on those around him on some of those things. That's a guy he put in that job, you know. And then you, you just think after that, Andrew Kroll, you know, Alex Corvo, great reputation, but it's 2021. And I'm just not sure that's the, the right long-term solution. You know, it's... If he comes in, he, he had a, an impact at the Warriors, for example, in his last stint that was short-term impact. And after a while, the players got sick of his methods. And I'm just not sure he's going to be the, someone who speaks to this generation of players still. So that's interesting. But I guess it's we're at that time now. We've got the to the point where you know we've shared a lot of the cap. We've got a new CEO. You know, Peter Nolan's gone. So we've got to hope right decisions are made from here. And I'm not certain they will be made. 
I wish I had more confidence, but it's just a strange one to see. You know, it's hard to have like Kevy. I don't know what people expected from Kevy. Like when he came in, so I might have been, I've been okay with Kevy. I still, I'm not stoked, but never wanted him as the Broncos coach. As everyone listening to this podcast for a number of years knows, this anti Kevy is the coach. And then he took over and, 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 you know, he brought good vibes and whatever, nothing tangible, but, you know, I felt, felt okay. And then I started to realize that, like, this roster has needed to clean out for a while. And, and you know, there's a wrong mix of players, a wrong blend of players in there. And just maybe, just maybe having Kevy there as, like, a one or year, two year scapegoat might be the right thing, you know, rather than going and putting in someone we might back to be the next long term coach, putting him in here under this pressure. And getting punted, but it's just it's just strange to think, you know, that after fifteen weeks or so on the job, that Kevy's throwing the rest of the group under the bus. It feels like I understand that Donahue hadn't come into his gig yet, so Kevy probably couldn't do a lot of change in the off season. But he picked the assistant coaches. He put Kroll the head of performance, and obviously he didn't seem to get along with Nolan. But that's that's one thing. But you know, some of the stuff he says post-games, for example, it's like, oh, it's, this isn't the Broncos. I'm sorry, Kev, it is. This is what we've been like for two years. It may not be the Broncos you played for, but this is the Brisbane Broncos right now, this mess. And saying that doesn't mean anything, and it doesn't change anything for the players. It doesn't motivate anybody saying this isn't the Broncos or keep yelling at them about they haven't earned the jersey. That only works so many times. And all of us agree with that. But you can't keep yelling at all that stuff at the same group. It won't change anything. And bringing back former Broncos won't make them what the Broncos were either. You know, bringing back guys who've worked at the club and bringing back like a Corvo and maybe I think Corey Park is now looking like an assistance gig. Just bringing back more old Broncos won't make the club the Broncos. Because unfortunately, the reality in, in, in sports is that most clubs only have, you know, two to four comp- really competent or good at their job staff members, you know, guys that are really good at their job, just like any office, you know, you can sit down in your office tomorrow or Monday, look around your office and you tell me how many people you think in there are really good at their jobs, you know, really exceed. You go around and, and then you tell me what you really think and you don't, I don't think football clubs are any different, they're not and, you know, even at the Storm, it's not different or the Roosters, it's not. But what matters is the roster, right? <laughs> Kevy can change all the things he wants off the field. But until they have a decent roster, it won't fucking matter. <laughs> and and the roster's more than playing talent. Like, for example, the, the Cowboys team that beat us in 2015, I think everyone now understands Paul Green isn't a great coach. But that playing group had a strong group of leaders, had some good players. But they, they, you know, the strong group of leaders in that team are just as important, if not important, as as the head coach in that system. You know, and it's, it's just about putting the right pieces around them on the field, keeping them happy, and the right balance with the coach and similar things like that. And obviously, some coaches are probably a bit more important, like a Wayne or a Bellamy, and you're backing to figure it out. But in most instances, most of these clubs, it's like, you know. Great roster, whatever. Like, I mean, again, you look at Penrith now, and Ivan Cleary's all of a sudden got a great record, and he's had a good year, two years. But yeah, you know, you can probably put a lot of coaches there, and it'll be just fucking fine. Probably not as good for Nathan as having his dad there, but it'll just be fine. So, and even look at them, like you know, they lose all the storm, lose assistant coaches every year. The Roosters lose them every year. 
Penrith lose him now and it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the roster management. Like, if it's still good. Like, so that's what they've got to get right. And, and switching out Kroll and if they punt an assistant coach like Terry Madison, hearing someone else's punted, don't know who it is. If they punt like a Terry Madison or whatever, it's not going to change anything. Like right now, that's just those short-term decisions of, of someone desperate under, under under pressure, and that's when you start to worry about like, you know, we want to make some decisions at some point for this club that are not long-term because long-term is a bullshit way of thinking in in rugby league and sport. That's always a cop out of someone who wants five years to build garbage, not long-term. But I'm talking about more than the next six weeks. You know, we want some decisions that for the next eighteen months to twenty-four months, because currently you look at that roster for next year and. You know there is there is some talent there. Uh, Cobo is shown he looks looks like a bit of a talent, and he needs to put some some muscle on. That's fine. And Herbie looks is a talented player. Payne Haas is the, if not the best prop, one of the best two or three props in the competition. Uh, Piakura, I still believe he just hasn't debuted thanks to the way things are formed for him. But Piakura is one will be one of the best young forwards in the competition next year. TC Rabadi looks like he's up to first grade. We already know who Tony Staggs is. Yeah, you looked at that. That's that's okay. That's part parts of a good team. But you can't just add Ali and Reynolds to that and think problem solved. There's still a major issue in that spine, and there's a major issue with attitudes in that group. And that's why I'm kind of happy that maybe there's only five people that wouldn't pump from this club. But there's there's been an attitude issue there for a while. And and Chris Gary mentioned on this podcast like two years ago that he thought the blend of players was wrong and personalities was wrong. But we just need more players who are willing to own the result, you know, and, and have and a bit of a stronger group of players. I and mean, we don't seem to have that currently. And I don't really think looking at, like, a Jaden Sue and Jordan Pereira and maybe a Josh Hodgson is the answer there. And I, I have little doubt Hodgson is an, is an improvement over Turbo. I'm not an idiot. You know, but again, like that, that kind of feeling of signing Dad's Army or these guys that no one else will pay, that's not what turns the club around, this club around. And if you've seen the player poll recently, we're still a top three most desirable location for players to go play for. Like, go get some players heading into their prime or at a decent level. Go make some waves. The Broncos have a big dick, and it's about time we saw it again. You know, they've turned into prudes. Go out there and use it and bring somebody in. And, and you know, instead of waiting for guys, like when Nico Hines became available, we could have had him last year for nothing. Okay, so instead of waiting for somebody else to show out and sign them, like a Nico Hines, how about you get someone else who is the next Nico Hines in terms of he's a good player stuck at a club, you know, or good player with potential at least, stuck at a club behind an established first grader that won't get his shot, you know? Why don't you go talk to a Jaden Campbell down at the Titans who'll be stuck behind AJ Brimson, you know? Or why don't you even... God, he's not stuck behind anybody, but we've all seen what Joseph Manu can do at one or six. Why don't you go talk to Joseph Manu? Who gives a shit about the rules? Play, clubs are talk, like People can talk about the rules who, when you can talk to players. I don't give a fuck. Like, didn't stop the Tigers from talking to Osako or Pangai when they were off contract in 2022. And apparently that wasn't even against the rules. So we should be talking to anybody we think who's on contract, don't care when it ends, break the rules, do it, go ahead. And that's that deflection thing from Kevy though. The only thing that's worrying me now too is this. It's, just, it's hard to get your head around some of the decision-making. And that's always going to happen when a man's under pressure. But there's looking for some easy wins in those halves, just throwing guys like Carmichael Hunt in there and hoping it would work out. And what a shock it didn't. But there's also things like, you know, and I understand, I thought Corey Oates paid his penance for that back row stuff early in preseason. And I understand that, you know, he's on big money and they might let him go. But I don't know why 
he can't get his next shot in first grade. And I, and I know his form's been garbage. And I know he's had a tough 18 months at Brisbane, but he was okay earlier this season this year. And then you look at, it's also, you look at who he's getting played over him. Like, yeah, Coates made that great chase down last night. And I had said earlier in the season on the podcast that if Coates is still playing like one of the best two wingers in the team, he stays in the team. doesn't matter where he's going next year. But I don't think he's playing that well now. You know, and Cobbo is developing, but it's like he can still develop in reserve grade. Like, is it really worth picking those guys over Oates? I'm not sure it is. So, you know, he's on contract for next year. Maybe he's gone now anyway. But I just feel like for the, you know, you'd rather see again what's there for him. And he and he, he's probably done what's asked of him in reserve grade. He had a great game last week. And he still can't get back in that side and had his confrontation with Kevy. But it just, it just seems weird that maybe if he stuck with the back row bullshit, he'd be in the side right now. But regardless, I'm, I'm happy about the Nolan news. It just it's about what we do from here. I don't want to be left just in Kevy's and Dave Donahue's hand because you know I'm happy Donahue's made some change. It was always going to happen, but let's not overrate him and think he's also a world's greatest recruiter and he's going to solve X, Y, or Z, all that kind of thing. Like when just I want to see what happens from there, but I'm not crowing in the streets about I'm, I'm stoked or any of that kind of garbage. And also I'm not in the dumps of people who think we're somehow worse than last year. Anyone who thinks we're worse than last year has forgotten how bad we were last year. You're not applying any context to those losses. And I may as well go through this whilst I've got everyone here and I'm talking about garbage. But you need to look back. If you think we're worse than last year, you need to look back at the game we lost to the Tigers last year. Round 10 at Leichhardt, we lost 48 nil to the Tigers. And... uh that's not this year's Tigers. So the 17 for the Tigers we lost to that day. Fullback Adam Dewey. On the wings, Tommy Talao and David Nofaluma. So yeah, that's, that's okay. The centres, Chris Lawrence and Moses Mbai. Yes, 2020 Chris Lawrence in the centres. The halves, Billy Walters, who are probably getting back in a trade for Bangai, and Benji Marshall. The front row, uh, Josh Aloye. He's good. And then Russell Packer who's still at that club somehow. Uh, Harry Grant's hooker, so yes, great player. Back row, Luke Garner, meh, Luch, love Luch. And then Matt Eisen, who's starting lock. And the bench, Sam McIntyre, Tom McKayley, Luke Brooks off the bench, and Chris McQueen. We lost 48-0 to that side. You know, with a team, again, not our best team, but we had Tessie at fullback, Jermaine on the wing, Coates on the other wing, Boyd and Ken are the centres. Milford and Croft, the halves. Uh, Pangai Haas, the front rowers with Carrigan at lock. Isaac Luke at nine. The back row, Teo and Corey Oates. Another great bit of Seebs there. And then the bench was Corey Pakes, Tom Flegler, Jimmy Lopawati and Joe Fengarway. I mean, again, not our best team, but that team lost 48-0 to those Tigers. And it wasn't like last night. I know we lost by 40 to South, a much better team. That I don't like the excuses. There's better teams who are better against adversity, who can fight and and thump their way through losing players to concussions, and we can't do that. But at least last night they had those concussions. The team tries, and they don't have like I know the game I just mentioned that hasn't got stags from a feeder, but the 2020 Broncos had stags of a feeder for most you know for most of the season. They were a better football team than this year's team. There was that, and there was the obvious vibe around the joint. Anytime they conceded points, you could see their heads going down. 
and the current rules weren't around either, which have blown out. Well, they some of them were, but the scorelines are blown out further this year. So I won't cop that last this year is as bad as last year yet, but might become that way if we let all these guys go mid-season and don't do anything about it. Like I'm worried that if letting Pangai and Lodge go right now, and we're just accepting out of the spoon. I know the Bulldogs have to win another game. We have to not lose and not win another game. We have to not win one as well. They have to win one. We don't have to, can't win one. But you let those two guys go. What are you starting in middles? Like, uh, pass and Flegler starting and the starting lock is like Kobe. I like Kobe. So maybe it's okay. But Kobe and maybe Asiata who got hurt again. And the bench is like... <sighs> I don't know, like, uh, Bullmore, uh, whoever doesn't start with Kobe and Asiata, and then what, like, Ricky comes back and Corey Pakes. It's, it's not a great starting pack. I'm like, you know, especially the form Flegler's in. I mean, he should be on that. I don't know why he's on that chopping block. Maybe because no one will take him, but he should be on that chopping block with those other guys, mate. That guy, shirt-grabbing deluxe, especially on the goal line, had a cut full of that, I'll tell you that much. But, yeah, letting those guys go doesn't seem like the right solution for winning games right now and then the the other side of that coin is we're making decisions like trying to change assistant coaches right now to win games right now so yeah I've got I guess I've got no conclusions from this rant other than I'm not upset about that upset about Pangai going it just seems like it just had to happen like he can't ask for more money or an extension from us and I'm just happy I got some more good Pangai games for Brisbane and if he goes to the Tigers he might be the first ex-Bronco I don't death ride even if he goes to the Roosters. But, yeah. No conclusions when they're happy. Peter Nolan's gone. But I'm not going to make any snap judgments until I see the direction we're going from here and the signings we make from here. Because, yeah, Cats, it's all well and good having cat space, but you've got to fill it with the right players. And there's been many a club who've ended up in a spot where they've cleared all this cap, not landed fucking anybody, and they end up just signing whoever they can. Let's not be that club, hopefully. Hopefully we go out there and show what we are in terms of the status we still have, if we still have that status, considering we had our worst crowd in like 20 years last night. But go out there and nab some quality players, top-line players, not decent players like Sua, top-line players, and go from there. Maybe. But yeah, I haven't got my full faith in, in Kevy doing that. <laughs> Obviously, if that's his, his responsibility... But yeah, well, anyway, I think that's it. I've got nothing else to say. But yeah, that's it. I'm happy no one's gone. But I do think it's bizarre that uh, the man who got in there, you know, whatever, 30 weeks ago, similar, Kevy, and put guys like Kroll in their positions, Madison and Cartwright there, is now, what, if they get punted, he's able to say they're the problem and he gets to reverse his decisions that quickly and not wear any of that blame. I don't know. I think that's bizarre. And uh, so, yeah, I have no conclusions. I just have my fingers crossed about where we're headed from here because, um, I don't know, the Nolan out's a good thing, but I, I don't know the answers from here. Hopefully, we make some good signings and we go from there. I uh, don't even know how to sign off with one person and it's not Boom Rookies. So, I'll just say... Catch you the next time we record, be it in a week, a month, five days, 40 days, whatever days.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 